0: What a week we've had as we're fasting and praying as a church for 21 days. I believe we're in day eight as we started Sunday evening last Sunday. And I, if I could just see a show of hands, how many have already gotten an answer to some of your prayers already? Look at this. Look around. Keep your hand up. My hand's up. Um, yeah. Go, God. Jesus said to his disciples, as they had tried to cast out a a demon and couldn't, he looked at them and said, as he cast the demon out, he said, "Some, some of these things cannot come out except by fasting and prayer. There's some things in your life that can't change until you fast and pray. There's some things that won't come to the top in your life until you begin to fast and pray. And so may God anoint us. I, I'm just, you know, if you're not fasting uh, food, and there are benefits to that. Can I just say, some of you need to lose some weight. <laughs> I've, I've lost a bunch, and uh, whoa. You all right? Good. So, uh, fast something. And we have some some uh, papers back there at the ushers' table. If you'd like to pick one up, just kind of explains uh, what we're doing and, and why. Also, as we're praying, uh, let me encourage you to pick up one of these. Today, probably one per family. We don't have as many as we need to have. Our printer has a demon in it. And uh, we're... <laughs> It got cast out yesterday, but it was too late to get a lot done. But um, <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, this is a great booklet. Uh, Pray first. We borrowed this from Church of the Highlands. Uh, much thanks to them, that, as they give us the uh, privilege of of making it our own. And so, take this, use it. It's a it's a prayer, a personal prayer guide that that God will use to uh, just take your your, uh, your life to a whole new level. Amen? Amen? And we need that. You ready to give today? Amen. I I've almost forgot the offering. That's how spiritual this moment is. <laughs> Father, thank you for the privilege of, of partnering with you in this grace of giving. Thank you for the generosity of this body, this family that you have put together. Thank you, Lord, that as we give, it turns into lives changed, lives rising up to become a mighty army. It it turns into the kingdom of God coming, the will of God being done. And so, Lord, anoint us as we give. And we thank you for the blessing you put upon us as we bring your tithe and our offerings into the storehouse. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give today. Uh, Power groups will be starting the first week in February, so, so that's happening. Um, so get signed up, and we're all going through the same book. It's going to be good, good stuff. And then and then uh, just to give you a heads up, there, there's a bunch of groups coming out. After that, we're going to take a little, little break, and then we'll, we're going to launch into some things that we've never done before. And I'm excited about that coming up. Amen? Amen. Well, so at a wedding ceremony, uh, the pastor asked if anyone had anything to say concerning the union of the bride and groom. And he said, speak now or forever hold your peace. Well, everything quickly turned to chaos when a woman carrying a child started walking toward the front. Everybody was surprised, shocked, and the bride even fainted. (laughs) The pastor asked the woman if she had anything to say, and the woman said, We can't hear in the back. (laughs) Okay. I I enjoyed that. Beginning a new series today entitled Sun Stands Still, it's the name of the book that We'll be going through. It's also a moment in the Bible, and I'm excited to to open this series today. God wants to bless you in 2017. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. God wants to bless you in 2017. He wants you to rise up to your full potential in him. He has a promised land. Each of us, Amen. And and contrary to many people's thinking, the land of blessing is also the land of intensive warfare. You see, sometimes we think if God's going to bless us, there was not there's not going to be any fight. If God has something for us, he's just going to hand it to us on a silver platter. The reality is, and if you will take time to read through the book of Joshua, you'll begin to see that as God promises things, he provides opportunities for fight. He gives you the ability to face your enemy with his promise and his power and his anointing if you just follow what he says. And here's where we get ourselves in trouble, right? But the land of blessing is also a land of intensive warfare. And you really can't have one without the other. I would like that. How many would like that? Most of us. We have to learn how to conquer and then to possess all that God has promised us. Satan's attacks on you as a child of God are carefully planned and carried out diligently. He's stalking you in case you're wandering. You say, really? Well, here's the deal. You used to be on his team. You used to be no threat to his kingdom to what he wanted to do in the earth. In fact, you were joining with him. You were hand in hand just doing whatever you wanted to do because self-will is connected to Satan's will. That's why God wants us to die to self because there's a correlation there. There's a a real strong connection. And and most of us, I, I should say, Many of us, on the other hand, trust in half-hearted or hot-headed methods instead of carefully and diligently planning out our attack. And those half-hearted and hot-headed methods get us in trouble. And we find ourselves defeated. Are you with me today? The enemy is attacking you, not Not because of where you are right now, but because of where you're going. He's attacking your future. There, if as you study the Bible, and I'm I'm just going to go a lot of places today, and uh, but as you study the Word of God, you find at strategic times that the enemy has tried to take out all the babies. We're in one of those strategic times. Um, when Jesus was born, when Moses was born, when there was a deliverer born, there was, the enemy was always trying to take out the babies. Get, kill them. Kill them. Two and under, kill them. Cause, because the enemy knows what the future holds. <clears throat> it's interesting to me how many miscarriages we've had in this church Recently. And one of our Christianized points of fasting and prayer is to come against that spirit that's trying to take out uh, the little ones. Because God is going to raise up the little ones in this church to become a mighty army. And, uh, And the enemy knows that, and he's fighting tooth and nail. But we're not going to stand for that in Jesus' name. There are some strategic moments in your life that carry more weight than others, and the enemy knows that, and so he launches an all-out attack with plenty of reinforcements. When it rains, it pours, and it seems like it's, it's never-ending, and the enemy is relentless in his pursuit to keep you from having all that God has promised you. But I'm here to tell you today, we're going to rise up a mighty army and go after all that God has promised us in 2017. Amen. Gibeon, in the, that sun standstill moment, was one of those strategic battles for Joshua and the children of Israel. We're going to get there in a moment, but before I get ahead of myself, let me give you some background on where they are, the children of Israel, in the promised land. Because God promised Joshua and the children of Israel all the land they set their foot on. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. Somebody say giving. That sounds so simple, doesn't it? God said, I am giving this land to you. When you receive a gift, don't you just reach out and take it? Absolutely. But if somebody else wants the gift, you may have to fight a bit for it. I promise you, verse 3, what I promised Moses. Here's the promise. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, either turning to the right or to the left. Then, somebody say then, then you will be successful in everything you do. It's interesting that God correlates success by following every instruction he gives you in the word of God. When you do that, you find yourself in a successful place. When you ignore him, ignore his commands, ignore this book of the law, you get messed up. That's the bottom line reality. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. That's why I talk so much about a one-year Bible. Get a one-year Bible. Start to study the Word of God. Get on a Bible reading plan. Get a life journal. Start reading the Bible every day. Study it. Get it in you. Meditate on it day and night. If you don't want to buy a Bible, get the free Bible app. Version. You can read through the entire Bible. you got all kinds of reading plans. Do something to get the Word of God in you. Study it. Get this book of instruction in you. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is God speaking. This isn't somebody else talking. He said, Listen up, guys. Here's the way to do it. Here's the way to win. Here's the way to succeed. This is my command be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I'll just say this God says the same thing to us today be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions I give you. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction. Meditate on it day and night. Obey everything written in it. Then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't don't be discouraged. I'm with you, God says. So they obeyed God, and he told them what to do to take the city of Jericho. Are you going to have battles? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? You're going to have battles. It's part of the deal. It's part of taking ground. It's part of staking your claim. God says, I'll show you how to conquer. And the first place they faced was Jericho. You know the story. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Da 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 And the walls came tumbling down. Yeah. Joshua. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they obeyed what God told them to do, and they conquered that city. Very interesting that uh, if you'll just do what God says for you to do, you'll find your success. And then came the little town of Ai. It was much smaller than Jericho. Didn't look like much, much of a big deal. So, but the issue was trouble had already set in. And let's look at that real quickly. Joshua chapter 7. But Israel violated the instructions. They violated the instructions. They disobeyed. About the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. I could camp here and talk about the tithe real quick, that which God says is mine, and if you are using my tithe, then you're stealing from me. I could, I could camp there, but I'm not going to, but the reality is there are some things set apart for God, and when we mess with his stuff, he's not real happy about it. And, and here Achan has taken some stuff that God said, that's mine. I want it destroyed. I want it used up. Achan was a son of Carmi, a descendant of Zemri, son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of the men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel near beth And when they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai since there's so few of them. Don't make all our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. And the Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and then their courage melted away. And this is what happens when you disobey God. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord that until evening... Then Joshua cried out, O oh, Sovereign Lord, why, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? <laughs> if only, uh, <laughs> if only we had been content to stay on the other side. <laughs> Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies for when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they'll surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth and, and then what will happen to the honor of your great name? I've prayed that prayer before and so have you. Why have you... Let us come here and do (laughs) that. And God said, the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Look at your neighbor and tell him, get up. (laughs) Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They've stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. And that's why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now, Israel has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Oh, I could camp there for a minute, but I'm not going to. Um, yeah. Joshua made a mistake at AI the first time. He didn't pray to find out that there was disobedience in the camp. He trusted his previous victory, forged on ahead so they were defeated. And he wasn't about to make the same mistake again. Let me just tell you this your mistakes don't define you. Your mistakes don't define you. Look at your neighbor. Right in the eyes. Tell them, your mistakes don't define you. Anybody not made a mistake? I don't think so. (laughs) Your mistakes don't define you. Get up. Learn your lesson. Get up. Purify yourself. Follow the command of the Lord to keep moving forward into the promises he has for you. Well, I've never done things right. Okay, get up. Repent. Move on. Let's go. Time to change. I've never been that good at that. Get up. Your mistakes don't define you. Joshua got up. He did. Move on. Until the next chapter. You ever been there? Like, really? I already knew that was there. Seriously? Again? And, and here we find Joshua again. The Gibeonites deceived Joshua and he didn't consult the Lord again. You think you'd learn your lesson, don't you? When you get soundly defeated. But the reality is, sometimes we have a hard time listening and obeying what God says to us. So, get up. Again, your mistakes don't define you. You may make more than one huge mistake. Get up. It's not the end. Get up, it's not the end. Purify yourself again. Follow the command of the Lord to keep moving forward. He's got promises for you. Don't let another mistake sideline you. So here we are at Gibeon. It's again a very strategic moment, a very strategic place in the Promised Land. And some of you are at that kind of moment in your life. It's it's very strategic. It's a place that the enemy knows if you make the wrong move, if you don't win this battle, you probably won't be able to take other ground from him. So he's doing an all-out attack on you. But it's time to do things God's way. It's time to do things God's way. Joshua chapter 10, verse 1. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he has destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. Did you know you can make peace with your enemies? God didn't want that. That wasn't his first choice in this situation. But they had made peace, and their enemies now served them instead of fighting against them. Some of you have enemies that are going to serve you if you will make peace with them. (laughs) I'm not going to camp there either, but he and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the... Royal cities larger than Ai, and the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings. Hoham of Hebron, Pyram of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, Debir of Agilon. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua, the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. This is where the enemy of your soul wants to get as much stuff against you as he can, as many people, as many armies as he can bring to destroy you and bring you down. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once. Save us, help us, for all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. And sometimes you need a word from God just like that. Something so specific, God says, look, hang on, I'm working here. Nobody's going to be able to stand against you. So, Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal with that word in his heart. And he took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic. And the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Uh, My my sister sent me a a video uh, this week of uh, something that actually happened on the Syrian-Israel border. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I'm not on stuff like right now, so I'm I'm not looking at anything. But I guess back in December, uh, ISIS had tried to kill some Israeli soldiers from a standpoint in in Syria, and they couldn't. And then this cloud, this pillar of cloud sat down right where the ISIS soldiers had been, and just, it's the most amazing thing I've seen in a while. It was like an entire pillar of cloud just sat and blocked the ability to see. Reminded me of, of the Red Sea and how God had his kids right there and said, hang on. And the Egyptians couldn't see. They're like, oh, where's everybody okay. And God said, hey, I'm working over here, so I'm going to have to block this. And, and uh, very cool that I, I think if, if uh, anybody had been around with a cell phone back then, it kind of looked like this. So uh, you can look it up, I think, in... On something. So if you want to look it up on something, go do that. But the Lord threw them into a panic. The Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Haran, killing them all along the way to Azica and Makeda. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Haran, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. And on the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel, And he said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So, the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until, somebody say until, until until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky, and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp in Gilgal. What? Really? Are you kidding me? What kind of moment was this? What audacity? What boldness? What, what a prophetic prayer? What a prophetic word? What a declaration. Who do you think you are, Joshua? Well, I'm God's servant doing God's bidding. That's who I am. I'm a child of the living God. I've been called by God to take back ground that the enemy has stolen. I'm headed into the promised land, the land God promised me. Joshua, where does your boldness come from? Your boldness to declare that the sun would stand still. Where does that come from? I've been commissioned by the highest authority. I'm carrying out his plan. He told me not to be afraid of them. He said he has given me victory over them. I'm just believing and trusting what he said. Yeah, I've made some stupid mistakes that have gotten me into this mess right now. But God hasn't given up on me. He still hears me. He still hears when I speak. He still hears when I pray. He still hears when I declare. And he still wants to show up and show off in a big way. And I'm going to need some extra time today. To finish this thing. So, sun, stand still. Moon, don't move. We've got a job to do here. It's not time for nightfall just yet. The battle hasn't been won quite yet. Sun, stand still. And it did. And it did. I'm here to tell you today, in the midst of your fiercest battle, the Lord wants to do something so miraculous, so mind-blowing, that everyone has to admit, surely the Lord has fought for you. He wants you to pray a miracle-invoking prayer. He wants you to have faith that what you're praying for will actually happen as outrageous as it may sound. He wants you to speak to your situation with boldness and courage. Son, stand still. Moon, don't move. God's not finished here yet. And I'm here fighting his battle. And God wants you to trust him to bring it to pass. I remind you of Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Everything is all right. Everything is all right. I serve a God who raises the dead to life, a mighty army. Everything is all right. Outrageous sun stand still prayers. Declarations need to be in your heart and on your lips declaring, God, I'm on your side. I've listened to your voice. I'm doing what you've told me to do. So I'm boldly declaring I'm moving forward and you're going to help me. Hallelujah. Sometimes those declarations may not be as outrageous as this. They're not quite always as spectacular. I've never prayed that the sun would stand still, didn't need to. But Joshua needed to that day. And God will put something in your spirit, and you will speak what needs to be spoken in the moment for God's victory to be won. Sometimes it's just a prayer. It's, it's, a, it's something that God burdens you to do. It may not look like the sun standing still, but it's still a miraculous moment. It's still a very strategic place. It's still very powerful. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, if the worship team would come, Paul the Apostle is writing to the church at Corinth. He says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. He doesn't really elaborate. Doesn't tell you what the trouble really looked like. But he gives you a glimpse into what's going on in his heart. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed. Pretty strong words. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure and we thought we would never live through it some of you are in that kind of moment right now crushed and overwhelmed and thinking this is beyond my ability to endure I don't even think I'm going to live through this I don't even see the possibility of getting out of this. There's no there's nothing that could happen that I can see physically that's going to help me make it through. Paul the apostle was writing to the Corinthians and he said, "Look, this is the kind of place I was in. I was crushed and overwhelmed beyond my ability to endure. Thought I'd never live through it." I've lived some of those moments. He says, he goes on, he says, in fact, we expected to die. Thought I was going down for the last time. But, but, a little three letter word that that just kind of changes the whole atmosphere. But, as a result, of where we were as a result of how deep we were into this, how dead we thought we were. As a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God. It didn't stop there. God who raises the dead. This, this deep, dark place we were in wasn't... I, th- I thought it was going to take me under for the last time. But as a result, I stopped looking at my own abilities. I said, okay, got to have your help. As a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him. And he will continue to rescue us. (laughs) Paul, if you can do that, so can we. If you can find courage in your death experience, so can we. If you can stop relying on yourself and took your eye onto God and say, God, I'm yours. you got to help me here. So can we. Because you're the God who still raises the dead. You're the God who did rescue us and you will rescue us again because we place our confidence in you. You will continue to rescue us. And then Paul turns to the Corinthians and he says, And you, and you, you, just look at your name and say, You, you, and you, you are helping us by praying for us. Sun stands still. I've been praying some sun stands still over some of your marriages over some of your businesses. I've been praying some sun stand still prayers over your lives. I've been praying some sun stand still moments over your families. I've been praying and I'm helping you and you're helping somebody else. You're looking at somebody and saying, God, move in their life. God, perform a miracle in their life. God, don't give up on them. God, give them everything that they need. God, move. Perform a miracle in their business. God work in that marriage. God come into their family. God stirs something up. Son, stand still in the name of Jesus. You're helping us. We're helping one another. We're praying for one another. We're lifting up one another. We're encouraging one another. We're speaking life into one another. Hallelujah. Ah! And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. We need each other. We need to be praying for one another. In this 21 days of fasting and prayer, it's time to make some sun stand still declarations. It's time to pray some sun stand still prayers. It's time to believe God for the miraculous beyond what we've ever seen before. Because we're doing something we've never done before. We're going to see results that we've never seen before. Because God is still on the throne. God is still wanting to do this kind of miracle in your life, in your family, in your business, in your marriage, in your finances. He's going to do these kinds of miracles. It's time to believe Him. It's time to step in and begin to put the book of the law, the book of instruction in us. It's time to obey everything He's asked us to do. And as we do, the sun's going to stand still, the moon's not going (laughs) to budge. Okay. Out of the book Sun Stand Still by Stephen Furtick I, I, wanna, I want us to declare these 12 audacious faith confessions when you get the book you, you'll have these with you but I want to give some to you on the way out everybody can take one and put it somewhere where you'll read it and declare it every day we're going to declare these to get together today this morning are you ready yeah. number one is it, on the, is it on the screen here we go I am fully forgiven come on out out of your mouth let's go I am fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. Hallelujah. Number two, I act in audacious faith to change the world in my generation. Number three, I have no fear or anxiety. I trust the Lord with all my heart. Number four, I am able to fulfill the calling God has placed on my life. Number five, I am fully resourced to do everything God has called me to do. Number six, I have no insecurity because I see myself the way God sees me. Mm. Number seven, I am a faithful spouse. If you're single, you can slip future spouse in there. I'm a faithful spouse and a faithful godly parent. Our family is blessed. Hallelujah. Number eight, I am completely whole physically, mentally, and emotionally Number nine, I am increasing in influence and favor for the kingdom of God. Number 10, I am enabled to walk in the sacrificial love of Christ. Number 11, I have the wisdom of the Lord concerning every decision I make. And number 12, I am protected from all harm and evil in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.